Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC, John Coleman. Dio, what is popping? It's my Friday. I know. It is my Friday. Not your Friday. Nope. It's my Friday, though. Yeah, I get up. to hop on a plane at 6 a.m. tomorrow. For what? Richmond, Virginia. What the hell the is that? The capital of Virginia. Is not Once Richmond. Is it? Once the capital of the Confederacy, mm. I'm going to slide up there. It's a very large national volleyball tournament. Nice. And my son's team is going to travel up there, and they're going to play in a volleyball tournament. Set match point, spike it hard. Something like that. Mm -hmm. Yep. So sometimes you tip it over, though, because it's a, a, a deceptive move. Mm. Right? People go up for the block, and you just tip it up over their head, and it falls Behind them. Gabrielle Reese. Shout out Gabby Reese. Ooh, man, you're dating yourself. I know, man. That, that, that recall. Yeah. I know. I, I couldn't name you many. No, that was it. Or any. That was it. No, there was the. Um... Stop. I'll wait. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was it. I can see them. Yeah. I can yeah. see them. They dominated for two years women's beach volleyball Who in the Olympics. Day. How about Phil Dahlhauser? No. There's one for you. Ah. I'll look it up. Okay. Okay. So, so yeah, yeah. So so it's my Friday because uh, that's why I'm rocking the polo. Nice. Uh, dress down Friday because mm -hmm. I'm going to be uh, nice. heading up to Richmond. A little worried. Flying Spirit Airlines. What? Come on, bro. What are you doing? You have like a Delta preferred. There's not. You know how I travel. It starts with I would what is a direct stop. flight. I would fly to another state adjacent and then drive there <laughs> if I had to instead of Flying Spirit. I promise you. All right. Well, now we're going to get some hate mail from all of I our spirit the, please, friends. No, it doesn't. It, yeah. it's, it's not the. It's not John, the, last time you hated on restaurant workers and we got blasted well, on YouTube. Uh, also, a lot of support. Have you been to a restaurant lately? I don't know. It, yeah. It's by, by the way, I do love our bartenders and our servers oh, yeah. and our and our, our restaurant that are attentive. And no, in general, like that was one of my favorite gigs. Yeah, yeah I, back I was in the a day, server. Was, I was a yeah. bartender. I did that. I back delivered food. I worked at Papa yeah, John's as a delivery driver. It was different back in the day, man. Okay, how about I worked for this company called Easy to Get. Mm -hmm. It was Uber Eats ten years before Re Uber Eats, really? maybe twenty years. Really? Yes, we were legit driving to restaurants, picking up food, uh -huh. and delivering it to people's homes and hotels. Did you have to like make calls and stuff? Oh, I didn't have to make calls, but guess what? Someone did. Okay. Someone had to make cold calls in order to set up mm -hmm. all of the arrangements with the restaurants. Okay. Someone had to make cold calls in order to market to the hotels so that the hotels would put the easy-to-get flyers in everyone's room mm -hmm. or in everyone's um, in, in the lobby. Right. So, yes, yeah, somewhere along the line, someone had to make calls. Someone had to pick up the damn phone and dials. Someone had to pick up the damn file and, and uh, the damn file, the damn, damn phone, phone and, and dial. dial. Yeah. Uh, I, you knew I'd go straight to Ludacris on that. <laughs> you did. You're dating yourself. Oh, but I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the theme and topic of today's episode is so eloquently titled. The art. Of cold calling. Of cold calling. Yeah. The art of cold calling. Before we do. I want to give a shout out to uh, to one individual. That's Kyle Johnson. Shout out Kyle Johnson. And that's Kyle Johnson with New American Funding. Yes. Because There's I'm connected on LinkedIn to multiple Kyle Johnsons. You right. know, it's kind of like the name John Coleman Chill. or Joe Smith. Yes. There's, There's a, a lot, lot of, of them. A lot. lot of them. But um, this topic stemmed from something that he said mm -hmm. on his episode, mm -hmm. talking about the number of dials he made per day. Yes. As a rookie. 
consumer direct loan officer. Yes. Okay. And then shout out to the students of mortgage school that I teach here at Winter Park, Florida, every Wednesday at 10 Mm a.m. Because it was there that we collectively, Mm -hmm. the audience, the class, decided that 100 calls a week Mm -hmm. would be the number that we would need to achieve to ensure our success. And then shout out to the T-Loppers out there. Shout out to the T-Loppers. Yeah, because just yesterday we hosted Mm -hmm. a town hall Zoom meeting for our premium members. Yes, it was awesome. Right, and we had a a nice turnout. Nice turnout. We had a nice turnout, and we we hopped on, and what what I love about town hall is it's anything goes. It's one hour. It's me, it's them, it's you, it's mm-hmm. them. We even had Cindy Velez call Shout in. Shout out Cindy Velez. Um, who's a friend of the show. She's been on the show, ex-top producing loan officer, now a top producing realtor. So she joined us. Mm-hmm. She contributed. Yeah. And the motivation of today's topic came from them as well. Yep. So if you don't know what a TLOPer is, it's you if you're tuned in. Yes. TLOP stands for the Loan Officer Podcast. Yeah. We have this website. Guess what it is, John? TLOP online. TLOPonline.com. <laughs> yeah. If you can't figure out T-L-O-P, then just type in theloanofficerpodcast.com. That website is loaded with content, mm-hmm. not just episodes like this, mm-hmm. but additional content, links to programs, products, and guides, links to industry news. Mm-hmm. There's a career corner. There's information if you're interested in coaching. Yeah. Like, it's all there. The bee's knees. The bee's knees. It's John's baby mm-hmm. that he helped birth. <laughs> In January <laughs> yeah. of this year. Right. Yeah, we're coming up on 1,000 members. Yeah. How cool is that? I know, yeah. Yeah, we have a milestone. When we hit 1,000 members and we hit X amount of, of premium members, yeah. I think we're going to do a giveaway. We are going to do a giveaway. Yeah. I hope you wrote those notes I down did for whatever the, episode that was that we launched the, yeah, it. I do remember. Um, so, yeah, but today's topic, yeah. the art of cold calling. Yeah. Where would you like to start on this john i just here's i don't just john i'm gonna just get all the rebuttals out of the way so you can just diffuse them i know it's part of my job but i don't want to be annoying to people i feel like i'm bothering people i feel stupid picking up the phone i don't know what to say all right perfect first and foremost you need to understand you're not picking up the phone because you're looking to make a new friend you're not looking to um find a new spouse a new parent a new sibling you're picking up the phone because you're trying to network and market yourself because you're looking for more business. But I don't want to annoy the person on the other line because when people call me, I get annoyed when they call me. So I don't want to be that gnat in people's ear. Then you don't want it. How about that? Let's look in, at the person in the mirror and say, yeah, I don't want it bad enough. Because you're going to have to overcome that. Like there's a thing in sales. We're all taught at the very beginning. Count your nose. Not your nose, the thing on your face. Right? Count how many people tell you no. You should know what your conversion ratio is. For every seven no's, I get a yes. Or every nine no's, I get a yes. Awesome. That person who hangs up on you, that person who doesn't pick up, that person who is rude to you, that's that's a no. If I get five more, statistically speaking, I'm going to get a yes. Now, it doesn't come that way. It's not like <laughs> no, a perfect no, seven no, and a no. one. It may be a 17 no's, no's and then three yeses in a row. Right. Yeah, but I think you have to... You have to like get over yourself. It's kind of like the person who says, oh, I don't like to hear myself on audio or I don't like to see myself on video. Guess what? That's how you look and sound to everybody else. Correct. And you're not making that video for you. Mm-hmm. You're, not make, you're not making that audio clip for you. You're making it for your audience and you're not your audience. So I think you have to just overcome that part of it. Get over yourself. Hmm. You're not that important. No one cares about you. <laughs> right, yeah. right? It matters way more to you that you bothered someone than it does to them. 
they get it. They know that they know that's how the game is played. And if they didn't want to be bothered, then they shouldn't have picked up the phone. Right. But like, you're never going to be able to get where you want in life. If you don't ask, if you don't push, right. Right, there's a saying, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, be the squeaky wheel. The squeaky wheel picks up the phone and they make outbound calls. Damn. What else you got for me, John? How do you, uh, well, I, I, have you ever seen someone successful as a mortgage loan originator that hasn't been good on the phone? That Everybody. How about this? No one's, no one rolls out of bed an Olympian, even athletes, the highest, you know, mm -hmm. pedigree of athlete doesn't roll out of bed. Horses are bred to be winners, but they don't just roll out of bed and like, yep, I'm going to go win the Kentucky Derby, right? They have to be trained. They need at bats. They need reps. So yes. How about this? Everybody sucks at first. Yes, there's some of us that are more eloquently when more eloquent when we speak. Maybe we have a better vocabulary. Maybe we're uh, trained. Mm -hmm. Whether you're a trained actor, or you were on the debate team, you have done something to understand cadence. You've done something to understand purposeful pauses. But at the end of the day, all of us were nervous in the beginning. None of us truly love it. Although Kyle Johnson, he made it sound like he loved it. Right. Right. He made it sound like, nah, I love people so much that every phone call I made was an opportunity to meet someone new. And that excited me. That, that was a, like you said, it was a mindset shift instead of like dialing like all oh, the next person up. He was kind of made it like a fun, almost like a game. Like, how can I talk to this person and make it yeah. enjoyable for both parties? I would say. Yeah. Who else am I going to meet? It's kind of like driving on a road trip and you're playing the, um, the license plate game. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Like maybe for someone like Kyle, you're like, Oh, I wonder if I'm gonna talk to someone from Alaska. I wonder if I'm gonna talk to someone who has once hiked the Mount Everest, right. you know, like, yeah. like to him, it was like, Oh, I wonder who, who's behind curtain number three. Right. Um, I, I'm not that person. I'm the person who just like, look, I really want to be successful, right? I want to make it. And if I'm going to do anything in life, I'm going to go all out. Anyone who knows me, they know that about me, right. right? Whether it's bad, whether it's comical, whether it's, it's great. I only have one speed. I actually have two speeds doing nothing or going all out. Right. So if I'm going to choose to do something, then why would I ever want to like half-ass it? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to pick up the phone. I'm not going to like it. If I'm going to do something, I want to get good at it, but I know I only get good at it by getting at bats, by getting reps. So I have to make a hundred, 200, 300, 500, a thousand calls. I promise you by call 500, I'm better than I was on call one mm -hmm. by call thousand. I'm better at, at, at call 500, mm -hmm. but that is because I am focusing on getting better. I have a conscious mindset that I do want to get better. I'm not trying to make the same call a thousand times. I'm trying to make the same call, but 1% better. So that a thousand times later, I am 500% better than I was the first time around because I got 1% better per every single call, right. right? So I'm getting off that call and I'm like, oh gosh, I really dominated that aspect, but I could have done this better. Mm -hmm. Everything from how I leave a voicemail. I mean, I'm 18 years in the mortgage business. I'm 20 plus years into sales. And I learned two days ago, listening to a top producer call, actually a recorded top producer call. And it was my buddy, Andy Burton up in um, Minnesota, just sharing how he leaves a voice message when he is calling past clients. And I was like, oh, I love that. So 
I got 1% better at making calls just by listening to Andy. Now I need to go implement it. Right. So to your question, John, um, yes, there are definitely some people who are naturally better at certain things than others, mm -hmm. but please know we're all bad at it. And even if you're not naturally have the gift of gab, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that you still can't become effective making your calls. What I was thinking about is if you become very good and proficient at making cold, like calling cold calls, does that make you better, a better salesperson in person? Do you think like translate, like, hey, if I can really get really good over the phone, that's actually going to help my communication skills when I meet realtors face to face or meet strangers at lunch? I can't meeting. see how it would hurt, right. right? I cannot see how it would be uh, a negative. Right. The only thing with the in-person aspect is it, how do you look? Mm. How are you dressed? How do you smell? You know, there's certain things that when you're on a headset, you don't necessarily have to be showered. You don't have to be uh, groomed. You don't right. have to be well-dressed. Yeah. You know, are you good at making eye contact? Mm -hmm. You know, those are certain things that in, in person is going to to correlate because they're going to see your body language. Do you slouch? Yeah, you know, right, are you that right. person who you have your fingers tucked into your armpits and your armpits have like a gallon of water <laughs> spilling out of them? Right. If that's the case, then you know, right. your communication might not be as effective. But yes, doing anything over and over again with and trying to get better mm -hmm. each time you do it, it will allow you to become better at everything else. Can you remember uh, maybe a sales call you did early in your career that where you're like, it was just a complete disaster. Like, holy shit, I'll never forget that XYZ call that I made or like share something where. Yeah, you tend to only remember the bad ones. Right. It's yeah. rare that you remember the, the really good ones. Yeah, the the really good ones. Um mine early on in my career, I remember I was working um kind of like in a captive audience. Uh it was a, a condominium new construction and they had all these people coming in inquiring. Mm -hmm. So then I was given a list of the names and I was like, Hey Dio, you should call all these people and try to get them pre-approved okay. and convince them to use to use our company when they buy one of these condos and not one of the other two lenders that were also there. Mm -hmm. And something that I did is I called, and as soon as I got them on the phone, I vomited. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> and we had this product that's 100% down, and or, 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 I'm sorry, 0% down, 100% financing, and it's – I mean, it's like never once did I stop and ask them. Yeah like what they were looking for. Right. I just started selling. I, right. I was so excited someone picked up. And then you, I learned from that. And I hung up the phone. And the call went fine, by the way. And I got lucky that of the 17 products I could have offered, I did choose the one that really excited them. Okay, right. But I got off the call and I was like, damn, I should have slowed down. You know, like right. I, I didn't accept that as that was good. Right. Good enough never is. That is a motto that was taught to me early on in my career. And I still live by that. OK, well, what I did recently, that's not good enough and I need to get better. Um, so I learned from it. So I still remember that. I remember where I was. I remember who I was with. Right. Almost like what I was wearing. Right. And then um, I also early on in my career, I remember having a borrower show up to the office like back then old school. Right. Like, hey, I'm going to come in for my pre-approval. I'm like, yeah, sit on down. Yeah. And I sold and I sold and I sold and I built rapport. And what I didn't do is I didn't fact find and gather information up front. Mm -hmm. So I was 45 minutes of my time into this presentation and I pulled their credit and it was a 520. Oh, uh, uh, uh. Yeah. So I had to learn early on. Ooh, okay. Well, before I start answering all your questions about running payments and 
the market and uh, what it takes to qualify and the difference between a VA loan and an FHA loan and a conventional loan and et cetera, et cetera. And my interest rate, like I spent so much time with that person talking about rates. Right. Yeah. Rates, they didn't qualify. It didn't matter what my rate right, was, right, let right. alone what anyone else's rate was. Right. You don't qualify. So I learned in, in my sales process. Right. Um, but like early on in my career, where, where I benefited from a cold calling standpoint is my first sales job, I was handed the yellow pages, if people know what that is. It's a Damn. phone directory. <laughs> White pages were for people um, and they're personal. Yeah, like if I want to look up, yeah, yeah. residential. If yeah. I want to look, look up John Coleman's you could look number, yeah. oh, I'd find Coleman J, yeah. and there'd be 17 of them Good in luck. Providence, Rhode Island, or wherever you're from. Yeah. And <laughs> Springfield, Mass. Watch Springfield, your mouth. Mass. Yeah. And, and I would have to call all 17. Like, right. So kids that are like, you know, 30 well, and yeah. under, you don't know what I'm talking yeah. about. Uh, yellow pages where people had um, their businesses right. di- directed and uh, directory. And if you wanted to spend money, you could advertise in the yellow pages. Cause that's where people went to like, Hey, I need an AC company. Yeah. Hey, I need a this. Mm-hmm. So I-, I show up, I moved from Atlanta, Georgia, down to West Palm beach, Florida. I was totally sold a bill of goods, like absolute wool pulled over my eyes. I didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. I made, I was, I was given all these promises of a lead list and base accounts. Mm-hmm. And I got nothing in writing, valuable life lesson there. Right. And um, so I cut my teeth on someone handing me a stack of yellow pages mm-hmm. saying everyone who advertises in here could advertise on our TV station. Go. Uh, okay. Yeah. Go. And I just had to figure it out. I had to make so many mistakes at the time I had this guy. Um, and what a dick, by the way, his name is Brian. So if you're tuning in, you're a dick, Brian, <laughs> but, um, he would peer over my workstation mm-hmm. when I was making my calls. Like here I am a 23, 24 year old, like mm-hmm. young professional kid trying to figure it out. And he would peer over the, uh, my workstation. He'd be wearing these like old man sunglasses, making faces at me, like totally hazing me mm. as if like I was in some fraternity and he right. was my, my, my pledge master right, or something. Right. Um, yeah, like that was my introduction to cold calling. So that way when I entered the mortgage industry and someone was like, oh, no, 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 you need to call real estate agents. And they, they kind of will want to talk to you because they kind of do need you. Right. That was heaven to me. Because before I was literally thumbing through the yellow pages, mm. having to call the AC repair company. And literally my pitch was, can I talk to the owner? Oh yeah, this was the most terrifying job I ever had. I had to call, cold call used car salesman out of college. I had the West division, I was in Florida. So I was calling people in Albuquerque, New Mexico at 8 a.m. Subprime used car leads. It was terrifying, it was terrifying. But did, at any point in your career, did you have like a sit down? Like, did you have recordings and you had like a mentor that sit down like, hey, you should you should have said this here. Did you ever listen no. back to your calls? Yes. Okay. Yes, I listened to my calls. No, I never had a mentor and I wish I did. I wish I had a mentor. Um, the best thing that ever happened to me is um, I had a, my, my sales manager at the TV job was not a good manager at all, in my opinion. Good dude, but not a good manager. Mm-hmm. Um, but what he did do, he's a hell of a salesman. And he did go on my first five or six mm-hmm. sales calls with me. And I got to watch him. And by watching him, I was able to pick up on a lot of things that he did well and incorporate them. So like still today, I, I teach loan officers, you need to shadow. You need to come into the office. You need to figure out who does it really well 
and you need to just be a fly in the wall, ask them if you can come and just shadow them for a couple hours, attend a closing with them, attend an app signing, like, mm-hmm. you know, cause we all swipe and adapt from each other. And I still t- uh, to t- today love it. I mean, I've, I've worked with Tom Weinard for going on 20 years. I still love to go by Tom's office and listen to him explain things to borrowers. Mm-hmm. He and I have both been in the business the, the same amount of time, worked together for, you know, most of that time. And the way Tom explains something, there's still something for me to learn from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would encourage everyone, as painful as it is to record yourself, record yourself, go back and listen to it. And what I do love about di- the, the direct-to-consumer call center is they typically do have yeah. a manager listening in. And you'll find those, those are some of the best trained phone representatives because they've had formal training. Right. I did not uh, receive any of that, no. Did you ever have anxiety picking up the phone? or Because that was my biggest. I Every got- time. Today. I would have anxiety right no, now, you John. Don't. No, I promise well, you. No, you don't. Because the way you talk is like, oh, you're just I with your little drumstick. Yeah, because you call people quite often, people you don't know. You hear me with my drumsticks? Yes. But that's when you're like, and like, so do you have any like tips, tricks, tactics like that for people like that make cold calls? Well, I do want to go back and say, if I had to make cold calls, if you handed me, not even cold, let's say you handed me 24 past clients that I had to call today, I would do one of these. I'd have to get in the right mind, mindset, mm-hmm. and I would do it. And, yeah, so I learned this from, from James Clear. So this is what I think you're angling for. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to create a habit in my day that I make calls every day. And this is what I want people to understand because this is going to maybe be a longer episode. you got to make your freaking calls. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, your job in sales, in marketing, as an entrepreneur, as a business development specialist, you got to make your calls. If you're a mortgage loan originator, it's 100 phone calls per week, period. That's the minimum. Other sales professionals, it could be 100, 200, 300 a day. A day. A day. That's your job. Your job is not to be average. Your job is to be great. Your job is not to just provide for your family. Your job is to create a legacy for your family and generations to follow. That is your job. That is the opportunity that you signed up for when you chose to be a sales professional, a mortgage loan originator, a realtor, a commercial realtor, a financial advisor, um, an entrepreneur, business owner. Like that is what the opportunity that's being presented to you. So when you choose not to make the calls, you're choosing to be average. You're choosing not to create something better for not just you and your children, but you and your children and your grandchildren, possibly your nieces and nephews. And all of us are given that opportunity if we're willing to pick up the damn phone and make calls. I promise you of that. Now, you may be in an industry where you pick up the damn phone and you make your calls and you dominate and domination only gets you to a certain income level and you're not able to change the future of your family. You're not, gonna, you're not able to, to tithe the amount of money you want to tithe or uh, give back to your community the way you want to give back. Cool. You now have that skill set that's going to be transferable into professions where the income isn't as as uh, capped all right so i you, you should just know that but the mindset you need to put yourself into is this is the opportunity that you're given you could be the neo i'm stealing this 100 from ed milet by the way uh i listen to ed milet's podcast but he talks about being the neo the one it only takes one it only takes one person from a family of five to change the tra- trajectory of the family and sometimes it's the mindset. So many of us are, draw, are, are, are pulled down by those that love us the most. Uh, this was not just Ed Milet saying it, but I also heard Grant Cardone say this. 
And it's other people looking out for us because they aren't visionaries themselves because they have fears. So they want to protect us, quote unquote. So they tell us, oh, you don't want to do that. That's dangerous. You don't want to do that. That's 100% commission. You don't want to do that because I know five other people who have failed at it. And I'm like, yeah, but those five people weren't me. And I'm not afraid of, of hard work. And I'm not afraid of investing in myself and believing in myself. So I need to tune you out, mom. I need to tune you out, sister. I need to tune you out, cousin, best friend, college roommate, because I'm the Neo and I'm going to go all in. But you can only be the Neo if you pick up the damn phone and make calls and you have to get over yourself and your anxieties. How do I get over my anxieties? Well, I'm going to lean into what James Clear teaches in Atomic Habits because everything is about habit formation. If anyone who's tuning in signs up for TLOP coaching, we're going we're gonna to read Atomic Habits. We're going to talk about creating, creating a uniform day, a uniform schedule, being predictable. And it's not just about cold calls and sales. It's also going to be about what are you reading? What time are you going to bed? What are you putting in your body? What, what type of exercise are you doing? It's going to be a holistic approach. So what I want to do is take something I don't necessarily like doing, and I want to couple it with something that I enjoy. Hmm. Okay. I love coffee. I limit myself to two, a maximum of three cups per morning. Occasionally, I'll allow myself a coffee in the afternoon. And in the coffee in the afternoon, I actually make quote unquote candy coffee. I put honey in it hmm. and maybe a little bit of creamer because my coffee in the morning is black. <laughs> right, right. Okay. But I know that it's a treat for me to put honey in my, in my coffee. I put honey in it because honey is natural. And I like to only put natural things in my body as much as possible. Except for when I go on road trips with my son, and then it's all Chick-fil-A and Wendy's. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then my body's like, what the hell are you doing (laughs) with me? But so I'm going to make calls. I'm making them in the morning. First, first, I need to knock my calls out. One, because they may take two or three hours, especially if I'm on a roll. Because I'm getting people on the phone. I'm talking to people. One call could turn into 30 minutes. And I'm going to give you all some tips and tricks on how to make sure that your calls don't consume too much of your time. But I need to make them first because the most important thing I'm going to do. Period. End of story. No, I want to put it off. There's other things Hush. I could. No, no. You making sales is your number one, number two, and number three responsibility. Fulfilling sales comes next. I can hire people to fulfill my sales. I need to make sure sales are being done. So I make my calls. For me, I make my calls with a cup of coffee, with my headset on, standing up. And you'll hear me sometimes when I get on a roll, I had these two mini baseball bats that I got when I was at the Louisville Slugger factory last year when I flew up to Louisville for the UCF football game. Mm -hmm. And I'm a wannabe drummer, so I take those two bats and I grab them and I just start playing drums on the couch seat right behind me. Mm -hmm. I think it sounds good. I'm sure everyone else is like, what is that racket noise Dio's making in his office? But it's my way of being relaxed. It's my way of being in the zone. Um, I have a computer with two monitors. I need those two monitors. If I'm talking to you, I need to be able to pull things up in reference. I may be pulling up your LinkedIn. I may be pulling up your Facebook. I may be pulling up your production numbers. I may be pulling up your website, right? I want to be all engaged. Or I'm pulling up your old order information, your old loan file. So, like, that's the zone that I'm in. Now, I also can do calls from my car, right? I will very well take three to four calls every night home with me, every morning in. By the way, Jorge, 
if you're tuning in, Jorge hit us up on tloponline.com. Mm -hmm. And uh, he hit the career corner. He wants some some career advice, maybe uh, a hookup or two, uh, point him in the right direction for a new career opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I clicked the button to call. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, well, wait a minute. I hung up. Uh, and then I Googled 717 area code. Yeah. It's Orange County, California. Yeah. And I just realized I was calling that dude at 6 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> so uh, backfired on mm -hmm. me. But, you know, when, when I'm making my calls, when I'm trying to dominate cold calling, mm -hmm. these are things that I do. I take calls with me in my drive-in. I take calls with me on my, on my, drive, on my drive home. Mm -hmm. um, I take the calls that I think can be done from the car. Right? I even go that. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Can these calls be done from the car? Certain calls can, certain calls can't. There are certain calls I don't do unless I'm in the office because I need those two monitors, mm -hmm. access to the internet, my headset, and my hands free. Um, but I, I find something that I enjoy. For me, it's coffee. Back in the day, I kind of grossed you all out. I was a huge tobacco user. I used to dip a can a day, skull straight, long cut. Yep. Mm -hmm. Hey, back then I put a dip in. Mm -hmm. That was my happy place. Mm -hmm. If I was going to go on a long drive, I put a dip in. Right. If I had to go into my other office that has the porcelain throne, I put a dip in right. like that's just what I did. Right. Now it's coffee. Right. That's what it's coffee. It's stand up. It's put a headset on mm -hmm. and it's less rock and roll for some people. It's music. Right. It's music. And, and I've I've used music. I love music. Right. So, hey, if if you hear a little Otis by Jay-Z and Kanye coming out of my desk, you know, I'm getting ready to make calls because that song is going to put me in a good mood. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's Eminem. It's going to put me in a good mood for some people. It's going to be journey. Put you in a good mood. Go, whatever right. it is. Pearl Jam, you go for it. Right. Right. You go for it, but you have to set the setting. And I find things that are going to to allow me to have the right mindset because right. I am going to go to battle, war, um, whatever, whatever it is. So sometimes it battles with myself because I do have those anxieties, mm -hmm. but I understand it's a means to an end. Here are the two um, pitfalls you need to, 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 to look out for. Okay. A, not making your calls, you need to way attract them. And B, your call's taking too long. So if you find yourself spending too much time on one call, what you need to do is go buy yourself one of those uh, sand timers. Mm -hmm. And you can find them online. You can find one that's five minutes or ten minutes. And buy it. And when someone picks up, you turn it over. You watch and you keep the sand's going to keep you five or 10 minutes, whatever mm -hmm. it is that you're trying to be on the call for. Mm -hmm. Or I used to use an egg timer. Mm -hmm. So an egg timer is that little kitchen timer that will let you know when the eggs are boiled. That's yeah. why it's called an egg timer, by the way. At least that's my understanding of why wow, it's called an I egg timer. I learned that today. Wow. Yep. I so I could, I could, I, I knew when I made the call, when someone picked up, is this going to be an eight minute call, a three minute call or a 20 minute call? Whatever it is, I click the egg timer. And then as soon as it goes, ding, I know it's my cue to get off the phone. Right, I need to find a way to wrap it up because I need to get all of my calls in. And um, the number mortgage professionals that are self-sourced originators, the minimum number is 100. 100 is 20 a day. That is 20 a day. And then they'll, they'll ask me, and I, I did want to get into this, and you haven't asked me, but you asked me off camera, and I remembered. So okay. you want to ask me so people can I hear forgot. you talk again? No, I forgot. So go ahead. Yeah, have I just totally bored you, John? No, this is great. I hate calling people all day, so this is perfect for me. <laughs> the, um, so if you're a mortgage loan originator, the question is going to be, well, who do I call? Okay, well, I shouldn't have to answer this. You should be able to figure it out. But, hey, I'll answer it for you. Mm -hmm. depends on, well, it depends on where you are in your career. Mm -hmm. Obviously, if you don't have 
files in a pipeline and you don't have a past client database because you're new, your 100 phone calls a week, 20 a day are all outbound because you're trying to network with people who can refer you business. So I'm going to tell you to start with your friends and family. You need to reach out to your friends and family and every single one of them needs to know a what you do for a living. They need to know that if they ever have a question or they are someone they know has a question as it pertains to buying or selling real estate, I don't tell them mortgage. I tell them buying or selling real estate because mm. I want to be the, the, the catch all resource for them to please give me a call because you're a friend of mine, John, and a friend of yours is a friend of mine. And I want to make sure they're at least taken care of. I will make sure they get taken care of. I will make sure they get directed to the right person. and All their questions get answered. Also, John, and this is me role playing with you. Mm -hmm. I could use your help. And you're like, shit, is this no, dude going to no, ask no. me to do a refinance with them? Hey, I need your help because my job, my number one responsibility is to bring value to the local realtor and builder community. If you were to build a house, sell a house or buy a house, who are your go-to people for that? I want to call them, introduce myself. And if, 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 if you would recommend them to me, then I think they're going to be worth my time. So my hundred calls, my very first week in the mortgage business may be calling my circle of influence with that type of a script. I'm not begging them to do a refi with me. What I'm trying to do is let them know what I do for a living, how I can help them or people they know. And more importantly, I need to get names of, of, um, realtors and builders, right. right? So those are some of the calls I could be making. Some of the other calls I could be making would be to those realtors and builders where I need to call and introduce myself. And I always get this. Well, I don't know what to say. Yeah, I don't, I'm new. Come on. I would, uh, it's always that. And I don't care. I don't care if you don't know what to say, figure it out. Try something. If it doesn't work, try something else. Try something else. If it vaguely works, make improvements. Right. My suggestion to anyone, this is not just loan officers calling on realtors. This is anyone who has a product or service to sell. Ultimately, what you're trying to do is solve for a pain. People tend to buy things when there is a pain that they're trying to solve for. There's some inconvenience happening in their life. Right now, my inconvenience is I'm going on two deep sea fishing trips next month. I get seasick. I typically have a prescription. Mm -hmm. My prescription has expired. They won't refill it. The pain I need to solve for is I need a damn doctor. Get the diazepam. If someone would pick up the phone and call me and they were a doctor, I'd go meet with them because <laughs> I'm in pain. Right. Um, but no, but everyone has some kind of a pain you're, you're solving for. If you're a loan officer and you're calling on a realtor, you need to have a reason to call them. I am calling you because sometimes it's a new product that you want to pitch. This is because you're newer in your career and you don't know what, what, what really to say and what value you bring. But if you do have a really cool product, awesome. Sometimes you're calling to introduce yourself. Hey, I'm calling to introduce myself because I am your new rep. My job is to help you and your colleagues sell more homes. I'm looking to meet with you so I can figure out what your business goals are and how I can help you sell more homes. Okay, that's a simple script. I'm not saying it's the most effective script, but it's a script. Right. It's one that you can use. Get there and build on it. Ideally, you're going to go on five or 10 or 15 sales calls and you're going to ask a lot of questions. You're going to take a lot of notes. And now when you start making calls next week, you have a better idea because you have a sample size of your target audience of what it is they're looking to hear. So now when you pick up the phone and you make a, you make a call, 
you can reference, hey, I work with, or I've recently met with a dozen realtors, and most of the realtors that I'm working with are expressing these are their concerns about the market, mm -hmm. about yeah. selling homes. Um, I have some ideas that I think I could help people in that situation overcome. Would you like to sit down with me and talk about those ideas? Right, like that's your reason. And it's a numbers game. I need to call 20 to find two that say yes. I need to have two that say yes so that one actually shows up. Yeah. But if I know if one shows up every, a day, every single day, and I do it for just 12 weeks, I've met face-to-face -face and belly-to-belly -belly with 60 people. 12-week challenge. <laughs> that is the 12-week <laughs> challenge. Thank you, John. So um, you, you start there. Right. But ideally, what you're looking for, if you're a loan officer and you're calling on a realtor, you're looking to bring value. How do you bring value? We'll solve a pain for them. What's their pain? Well, right now, I know their pain is there's not enough listings. Okay, how can I help a realtor get listings? If you don't know that, go research it. Go research it. And you can research it by looking at YouTube videos, listening to podcasts, or actually interviewing 10 realtors <laughs> yeah, and great. asking them, right. hey, or 10 brokers. Mm -hmm. Hey, brokers, how are you teaching your, your realtors to go out and find more listings? And then you figure out how you're willing and able to do that. Mm -hmm. Maybe another um, pain is their, their buyer's offers aren't getting accepted. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe you come up with a really cool idea on how you can help them get their buyer's offers accepted. Maybe the pain is they suck at lead conversion. And maybe you can talk to them about how you help realtors convert more leads. Because realtors work really hard to get the leads, but, mm -hmm. if, but if you could help them increase their conversion ratio, mm -hmm. you're helping them close one or two extra homes a year. That means you're putting money in their pocket. You're helping them sell more homes. That's the pain. Now, let's say you're my buddy, Andrew, and you sell IT training. Mm -hmm. All right, well, what type of training would an IT manager have? Because that's what Andrew has to do. He has to call 70, 80, a day, IT managers throughout the country because his company provides IT training. Basically, you're, you're an IT professional. Technology changes, we know that. So you need to get the latest, greatest mm -hmm. training on, mm -hmm. on the, the newest technology so that when your company's technology breaks, you know how to fix it. Right. So Andrew reaches out and he's not the only company in town that offers IT training. I'm sure there's like three or four different companies and he doesn't win every bid, which by the way means he loses some and he's okay with that. But he makes his 70, 80 phone calls. His pain may very well be this. The other companies force all the logistical enrollment onto the IT manager. Well, an IT manager's job is to manage IT professionals, to help IT professionals fix broken computers or roll out <laughs> new software. Yeah. It is not to coordinate times and places and, and uh, facilitate the paperwork for enrolling his or her 17 IT professionals in a training. So Andrew can solve a pain because he knows that this IT manager chooses to book the training with him, he'll handle the enrollment. And I know that he does this. That's the service he provides. He shows up in person on the day of training and he meets and greets every single student and he makes sure that their enrollment goes smoothly. Hmm. That way it's the IT manager doesn't have to do it because that's a pain to the IT manager. The IT manager is ultimately the decision maker. Now, how about your friend who sells life insurance? This is a harder one because when you sell life insurance, you first have to create the pain, right. then you have to solve for the pain. So my example always is, well, no one ever knows they need life insurance or what life insurance is until typically a life insurance salesperson calls them. And they reach out the phone and life insurance salespeople are looking for typically someone who has something to lose if they die. Right. All right. So for me, it was, I just bought a house and my wife just had her first kid. There you go. 
And Mike Sue rolls in with Northwestern Mutual, and he's like, hey, homie, how much money you got in the bank? I'm like, bro, I'm broke as a joke. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I'm a brand new loan officer with just bought his first house and had his first yeah, kid. I have no money. Get off my lawn. What do you want? Yeah, I literally have, have deferred my student loans. I'm like, at this point, six grand in credit card debt, on my way to 12 grand in credit card debt because I'm a rookie loan officer trying to make it happen. Um, I've cut off my cable and I'm driving around the city of Orlando with a for sale sign in my in my Ford Explorer Sport Trek because I can't afford the $400 a month. Right. So I got no money in the bank. He's like, all right, cool. He said, hey, what would happen tomorrow if you got in a car accident and died? Um, I'm like, well, he's like, who's going to pay for your mortgage? Who's going to who's going to cover daycare for your kid? Because your wife's going to have to go back to work. Ooh. Mm. Hey, have you ever thought about life insurance? Right. Exactly. That's, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. He freaked me out. And guess what I did? You got it. You signed I bought up. life insurance. You up. Yes. Did you sign up that day? Or was it like a little bit longer? Well, you have to go through like a medical oh, good, right. screening process. Mm -hmm. And, you know, back then I was a tobacco user. Right. Like I haven't used tobacco now in, in gosh, right. 13 plus yeah. years. But Round of applause. Yeah. You know, what stood out for me, well, actually what Jimmy said, and I could re resonate with it. We had, shout out Jimmy Nader. We had him on the show a couple, a while ago. And the mindset was, uh, when he had to pick up the call, he was like, I had the mindset that there's no realtors out there looking for like partnerships or looking to grow and that's not the case. Like people think like, oh, this person doesn't want to hear from me. They don't want like a new partner, but that's really not the case. They need you just as much as you need them almost in many that, cases. That's a great point. The, the point is there are people looking for you. <laughs> yeah. We don't know which ones they are. And the way you find out. Pick up the damn phone and call. Pick up the damn phone and call. It's a numbers game. Right. It is a numbers game. Like if Ford knew who was in the market to buy Fords, wouldn't they just mail them or call them and say, hey, I know you're in the market. Right. No. Instead, they spend $100,000 on TV ads. They understand that their TV ads aren't talking to everybody. They're talking to whoever just recently had a car breakdown. That's who they're talking to. Whoever recently just had a, a, a child in the family turn 16. Mm -hmm. And they're going to give the kid the beater and dad's going to go buy a new truck. Yeah. You know, like that's who they're talking to. But they don't know who that is. But they have to advertise it. You making your damn calls is just that you don't know who is in the market, but you find out. It's like a scavenger hunt. You find out by making your calls. You just have to prioritize making your calls and you have to get better at it. And you read books on cold calling, watch YouTube videos, make it a game. Whatever you have to do to psych yourself up and do it, you do it. Some people don't need to psych themselves up. Mike Smalley doesn't. Mike Smalley does not need to psych himself himself up. We got sidetracked. I do want to circle back to a thought I had and then maybe wrap up today's episode. Okay. Um, I was trying to talk to the loan originators who were like new and like, oh, what do I do? And I was like, yeah, well, you know, you have to make 100 phone calls because yeah. I'm going to promise you a seasoned loan originator. Dude, 100 phone calls for y'all. You should be able to do that in a sleep per week right. in your sleep per week. Mike Smalley made 70 last Friday in the day in the day. No, he didn't. He's yes, a, no. in the day. Andy Burton can make 40 on a Tuesday. And he's like, look, it takes me three hours. I time block three hours. I know from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. I'm not taking calls. I'm not working on files. I am legit making my calls. Andy Burton is like a top producer, mega super producer. He's still, he's still. He's a hundred plus million dollar producer. And he's still. He's a, he's a friend of the show. He's been on the show. Yes. Damn. And he makes his damn calls. Now, Andy has built out a team and he's leveled up, but between he and his team, they make their damn calls. Right. So if you're a rookie, younger loan originator or younger in whatever your profession is, then the way that you make your hundred calls, yours are going to be more about 
reaching out to people who don't know you and you're trying to get them to know you. You're trying to get them to meet with you because you are trying to let them know what product and service that you provide. You're also trying to solve a pain for them, bring value to them. That's what you're getting at. You want to solve a pain for them and you want them to know what you do for a living. You're trying to spread the word. Once you're seasoned and established, you're doing less of that and you're doing more of, I need to reach out to my past clients, mm. right? I need to check in on my past clients. How are they doing? Is their current solution that I provided to them two years, three years, or five years ago still the best solution? Or is there a new solution? Are they maybe in the market for a new truck if I sell trucks? Hmm. Are they in the market for a new mortgage if I sell mortgage? Are they in the market for a new home if I sell homes? Are they in, in, in the market for a new office space if I work at Jones Lang LaSalle with my buddy Aaron Gray or, or, or my cousin Jimmy? Right? Which, by the way, I do have a cousin, Jimmy. Okay. It's a cousin-in-law, but he's my cousin. Right. Shout out, Jimmy Rose. Um, and he does work for Jones Lang LaSalle. One's in Orlando, one's up in Chicago. They both crush it. True story. Yep. Then they both starved their first two years in sales. <laughs> like, starved. And if you want to talk about making cold calls, talk to Aaron Gray about making cold calls. Talk to Jimmy Rose about making cold calls. Because right. that's what they had to do. And they still have to do. But it looks different the more seasoned you are. Right. Aaron's not cold calling for new clients. I'm Aaron's client. He's calling me saying, hey, man, how are things going at Waterstone? You guys still growing? Do you need more office space? Hmm. And I could be like, yeah, man, we're opening up in Lake Nona. He's like, awesome. Mm. How much room do you need? Are you going to buy yeah. the building? Are you going to rent? You're looking for a three. And all of a sudden, just by reaching out to me, he made his call. It wasn't a cold call. He's calling his buddy. We became buddies because I was I was I was once a cold call for Aaron, right. you know, so. When Mike Smalley's doing his cold calls, he may be only calling 10 or 15 realtors he's never met with of his 150. He may be calling 60 past clients. He may be calling 40 people that are in process with him where he's calling and giving a status update. But his status updates aren't just status updates, they're, they're calls, they're sales calls. He is reminding that borrower that, hey, look, you're currently in that mindset of home ownership. That means your reticular activator is turned on. I love working with you, which means I'm in love with working with people like you. When you hear someone else talking about buying a house, would you please do me the honor of referring them over to me so I can take great care of them how I'm taking great care of you. By the way, how's my team doing for you? Right, that's his call. When he calls the buyer's agent, the listing agent, sometimes, like Andy Burton was telling me, his phone calls are calling agents that already refer him business. He's like, they already refer me business, but I want to make sure they continue to refer me business. I want to, I want to make sure that I'm doing the best service by them. So he calls them and he just goes over his leads. Hey, these are the leads that you've referred me over the past 90 days, 180 days. Hmm. This is where they are. I've called this person 17 times. I haven't heard from them. Have you heard from them? But he's like, I want that realtor to know I've called them 17 times. That's the value he brings because he's going to work that lead till they buy or die. So some of the tools that Andy and Mike and people like Andy and Mike use is they use the egg timer. They use the hourglass to make sure but they, uh, they make sure that they're, they're not spending too much time on one particular call, but they also use a clicker. You know, like the little handheld clicker mm -hmm. that if you're, I don't know, you got a theme park and they're yeah. trying to click how many people come through. Mm -hmm. Or if you're a baseball player, uh, pitching coaches have a clicker because mm -hmm. they need to count how many pitches a pitcher uh, has in a day so they don't wear out their arm. Go buy yourself a clicker. And then every time you make an outbound call, click, 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 and write that number down. Are you making enough calls every day to maximize the opportunity that was presented to you? This is the art of cold calling, John. It is, and it is an art, 
right? It is, it is something that there is no right or wrong way for art, right? right? Some people love Picasso. Mm-hmm. Some people think he's a hot mess, right? right? Some people dig Van Gogh. Other people don't like Impressionist, right? right? But it's still art. And you need to, to create your own art. But what you need to do is grab that canvas, grab that, that paintbrush, and grab the colors and start creating and make a habit out of making your calls. Because nothing else is more important than that. Nothing is more important to that. Well said, Dustin. So how about this? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, thank you for tuning in. Yeah. This was... The Lone Officer Podcast. Please, if you dig what we do, continue to share us with your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors, and your in your family. Mm-hmm. Check out the website, tloponline.com. Visit our Facebook page, our Instagram page, or even our LinkedIn page. We are at the Lone Officer Podcast. If you want to connect with me, I am Dustin Owen on LinkedIn. I would like to believe that I'm still fairly accessible. Mm-hmm. I love to hear from you. Check out our YouTube channel. If you have not already subscribed on our YouTube channel, please subscribe. It's also a great way for you to comment on episodes. John does a great job of monitoring the comments and responding. I do a decent job. You hop in there. Um, I hop in there from time to time. I think I do a better job of monitoring Instagram than you do. Um, That's your playground. That's my playground. And look, and Facebook is just, it's difficult. Too many messages get get caught up in Facebook. So if you try to message, message us on Facebook, we're going to be slow to respond, but mm. we do still respond. Yeah. Um, but he's John Coleman. I'm Dustin Owen. Check out the website, tloponline.com. That's all the time we have for you today, but we'll catch you in the next episode. Peace. Peace.